Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. We continue our study today with the book of Joshua, Sefer Yehoshua. Uh, we are at chapter 17 today, and we are still uh, discussing the um, divvying up uh, of the land of Israel among the tribes, um, <clears throat> among the nine and a half tribes who um, uh, who are going to be settling the land on the west side, on the west bank of the Jordan River. Um, and today we move on to the other half of the tribe of Menashe. We discussed in detail the inheritance of the tribe of Menashe on the east bank of the Jordan. Um, remember, Menashe was the one tribe that was split in half. And we started discussing the dividing up of the tribe of Joseph, uh, uh, his land and Ephraim, which uh, turned eventually out to be the key, uh, most dominant tribe of the northern tribes, uh, of the, um, uh, the counterweight to Judea, to Judah. Okay. And, and, uh, um, but he, Ephraim had a brother, Menashe, whose tribe was split. So now we're talking about the half of Menashe, which is, took their portion on the west bank along with the majority, most of the other brothers. And the, the lot, that which fell out to the portion of the tribe of Menasheh, because he was the firstborn of Joseph, the older of the two brothers. Menasheh was, was the firstborn over Ephraim. And which Machir was the uh, firstborn of Menasheh, and it was his descendants who lived on the West Bank. Avi HaGilad, he was the father of, of, of Gilad. Kihuayayish Melchama, and he was a, uh, uh, a man of war, a strong warrior. Vayihilo HaGilad Vahabashan, and Gilad and Bashan was what he um, inherited. I'm sorry, he, he was the one who inherited on the east side. However, Vayihilo Vene Menashe HaNosarim, the remainder of the descendants of Menashe, those that did not come from from uh, Gilad and Machir, Hanosarim, the remainder of Mishpachosam, according to their families, were the following: Levnei Eviezer, Levnei Chelak, Levnei Asriel, Levnei Shechem, Levnei Chefer, Levnei Shmida. These were the names of the other ones. Elevnei Menashe ben Yosef Azucharim Mishpachosam. Those were the male descendants of Menashe, according to their families, that uh, were awaiting their portion on the west bank. <coughs> However, there was one descendant. One of those families we mentioned was Chefer, and he had a son, Vilitzlafchad. He had a son named Tzlafchad. Um, and he is famous because of his daughters, which we're about to see in a minute. Because he, he was Tzlafchad ben Chefer, the son of Chefer, ben Gilad, son of Gilad, ben Machir, ben Menashe, the son of Machir, son of Menashe. Lohayu Lobonim, he did not have any sons, Kimbanos. He only had daughters. Now, if you recall, these, because Tzolafchad was one of the um, people that lived in the Midbar in the uh, wilderness and wandered with Moshe uh, and, and he passed on in the wilderness, the daughters of Tzolafchad presented themselves before Moshe, and this is going back to the Torah, and they said, you know, if it, that daughters, if there's no sons, daughters should inherit because otherwise our father, Tzolafchad, who has a right to a portion in the land, will never get a portion in the land. And Moshe asked God for advice and God said, yes, the, the, um, definitely 
uh, he deserve uh, the if there's no son, the daughters should get a, a portion. So um, they stood up for that, and that was what they were told already in the Torah. But now it's time to get the portion. So what were the names? Veilish Mos of these are the names of the daughters. It's interesting that the um, text doesn't just say daughters, but it names them. The text is giving them a significant amount of importance here. Machla, Vinoah, Chagla, Milka, These are their names of the five daughters. Vatikravna, and they presented themselves, Lifnei Elazar HaKohen, before Elazar the high priest, Vilifnei Yehoshua Benun, and before Joshua, Vilifnei Anasim, and before the other uh, leaders, Lamar saying as follows, Adonai Tzivo et Moshe, God commanded Moshe, Latet Lanu Nachla, to give us a portion betochachinu among our brothers. Vayitain lohem al pi Adonai Nachla, and God has given um so therefore, they he gave them he meaning Yoshua gave them based on the instructions of God Nachla a portion among their brothers. So they received portions just like their father received would have received just like everyone else received portions. Uh, the, the, in other words, the brothers. It's interesting that they had to present themselves. In other words, they had to advocate for themselves and we saw the same thing in the last chapter with Achsa, this the daughter of Kalev, the daughter of Caleb that in order to get the portion that 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 she felt she deserved she had to present herself um this is unfortunately a uh, precursor to what we know throughout history that nobody gave women what they deserved because they deserved it the women had to stand up for themselves and demand it um, even though in this case it's already been commanded by God, um, um, and the verse here clearly uh, commends them for doing that, and same just like it did with Achsa, it commends them for taking, uh, you know, taking their lives into their own hands and 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 and, and um, advocating for for what was justifiably theirs. Now, the the portions of Menashe were divided into ten portions. The commentaries uh, go into explanations as to how the daughters of the house was divided into ten and why the daughters uh, of Tzlavchad received uh, four of those portions based on the amount of families. Um, I'm not going to go into the details, but it was Levad Me'eretz HaGilad Bashan. This is aside from the land of Gilad and Bashan, Asher Me'ever Le'ardin, which was on the east side of the Jordan and the re- which where the rest of their tribe lived. And the reason why I was divided into ten portions is because the daughters of Menashe, they also inherited a inheritance among their sons. And the land of Gilad, which is on the other side, the remainder of Menashe's family took. So now it's going to give the boundaries. And the boundaries of Menashe, Me'asher, that go from the land of Asher, Hamichmitat, towards Michmitat, Asher al Pene Shechem, which is near Shechem, which is usually identified with modern day Nablus. And then the boundary continu- continued to the right, presumably that's eastward, towards the place where the those that lived in the near the spring of Tapuach. Tapuach, <coughs> and Menashe was given the land of Tapuach. It seems it seems to be that there were those there were others um, that lived in the in Tapuach, um, 
It doesn't identify who these others were, but the, the area of Tapuach was given to Menashe. And, but Tapuach itself, in other words, the land around Tapuach was for Menashe. Tapuach, the town itself, went to Ephraim, not Menashe. Viyard Hagvul, and then the boundary went down. Nachal Kona to the Wadi Kana, Negba towards the south, Nachal Arim to the Wadi Arim. Ha'ela, um, um, I'm sorry, Lenachal towards the Wadi. I apologize. Arim Ha'ela Ephraim. These towns. The towns that were in that area belonged to Ephraim, Betochari, Menashe, uh, which were interspersed also among the towns that were given to Menashe. Ugvul Menashe, and the boundary which delineated Menashe's borders, Mitzvon, Lenachal, was north of the Wadi, Vayihitot, Osavayama, and it went all the way towards the sea. Negba, the south, Ephraim, belonged to Ephraim, Mitzvona, and north of the boundary went to Menashe, Vayihayam, Gvulo, and the sea itself was his boundary on the West and north of Menashe was the land of Asher. And the land given to Yisachar, the tribe of Yisachar, was to the east of that. And within Yisachar's portion, was uh, Menashe had some uh, 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 places. Uva Asher, and in Asher's portion, Menashe had some places. And what were these places? Beit Shan Uvanosah, that's the town of Beit Shan, and its outlying towns, Ve'yivla'am, and the city of Yivla'am Uvanosah, and its outlying towns, Ve'et Yoshvei Dor, and the town of Dor, which is on the coast Uvanosah, and its outlying towns, Ve'yoshvei Ein Dor Uvanosah, and those that resided in Ein Dor, the spring of Dor, and its outlying towns, Ve'yoshvei Tanach Uvanosah, Yoshvei Megiddo Uvenosea Sheloshes Hanafes. These constituted three separate areas, uh, regions, or um, uh, uh, the where they lived. Velo Yachlu Vnei Menashe LeHorishet HaArima Ela. And this is interesting, and I want you to pay attention to this carefully. The people of Menashe were not able to. Uh, uh, to send out, to dispossess, as the, is often used in translations, it's a good word, uh, the residents, in other words, the Canaanite residents of these cities. Um, now, not able could mean several ways. Chazal, and we saw before, understood the terms not able to mean they're not able because because of some reason, because they had promised, right? Um uh, made something because that's why we said before they could not get rid of the Jebusites from Jerusalem because they had made a promise to their forefather Avimelech. But um, the, another interpretation, which is more common, is they were not able because the Canaanites were more powerful, so they couldn't wage war against them. I have been suggesting this entire time, and I th- think with a lot of support, that um, that what this means is they were not able because the um, people of Canaan didn't want to leave and they said we're they didn't want to fight and remember they were the command from God was to offer peace terms first and we've seen several times that that was the case so vayoel and we continue in this verse it says vayoel hakanani loshevet baratazos the Canaanites wanted desired to remain in this land they didn't want to leave um vayehi so it was kichos kubene Israel when they were strong see this seems to prove that it's about the verse when they were strong in other words and they could have militarily removed them right but they were still did not do so 
What did they do? They made the Canaanites um, uh, uh, pay tribute. But they did not they did not dispossess them. They did not get rid of them. This, in in my humble opinion, is a clear indication that the Chazkubani Israel, they could have thrown them out, but they did not because they were listening to the instructions of the Torah. And this is according to Ramban and the Rambam's interpretation, which is if they agree to stay and they want to stay and they ask for peace, then you may have them pay tribute. Now, paying tribute is the ancient equivalent of paying paying taxes, which which when one nation would conquer another, and 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 one one nation would be, uh, 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 you know. Uh, uh, the overlord over the other, then the 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 nation would pay a tribute to the conquering nation uh, in order to remain in the land, and that was the standard practice, and that's what they did. Now we have an interesting uh, another episode in this that's also placed in this chapter. Remember, we just divided up the lands of the sons of Joseph. So Yosefet the descendants of Yosef spoke unto Joshua as follows. Um, uh, now that they divided up this land, um, they had two problems. Number one, there was large parts of their land were, um, were, uh, were controlled by hostile enemies. Not the ones who we just talked about that were placed on, you know, uh, at to pay tribute because we mentioned that those were, they wanted to stay, they agreed to pay tribute even though the, the people of, of Israel were strong enough to dispossess them. But they didn't because that's what happened. But there were those that were enemies. And also a large part of it was a forested and, and undeveloped land. It's nice to take over a city where people already have developed it. They already have cleared the fields for farming. They already have the homes built. But a forested, undeveloped land is not easy. It takes a lot of work. It takes many, many years, actually, to, to clear and get ready and inhabit. So, the people of Joseph said to Joshua as follows, Why did you give me for a portion? You give me one, uh, one, uh, one place and one strip of land. I'm a big nation. In other words, the settled portions of the land are just a small area. <laughs> I have a lot of people. Because I can't... Uh, as you see, uh, that uh, so much God has blessed us with so many people. We have so many people, so many descendants. There's big families, uh, and all we have is a small area. Vayomer aleim Yoshua. So Yoshua said to answered them as follows: Im amrav ata. If you're such a large nation, so there's a lot of you. So you're powerful. You're strong. So alelucha hayara. Go to the area that's forested. Right. <laughs> and clear the land. In the land of the Perizites, because if you sit around in the area near the mountain of Ephraim, remember Menashe and Ephraim were close to each other, is too tight for you. It's too squeezing you in. You don't have enough room. So go and <coughs> excuse me, clear out some of the forest and build yourself some houses <coughs> and farms and settle the area. So get to work. Uh, you know, it's interesting how Yoshua flips their, what they presented as a weakness into a strength. 
They present it as a weakness. There's so much of us, we need more. So he says, well, if there's so much of you, then you got a lot more muscle power. And go clear the fields. And the, then the descendants of Yosef said, Lo uh, We can't, uh, the, 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 that just, even if we cleared the fields, we're still not enough. We still need more. And then they give the other catch, the other complaint. This is like the leaders listening to people complaining, complaining, complaining. And Yoshua is telling him, stop complaining. Get rocking. Get moving. But they continue to complain. and the Now the all the Canaanites that are living there, they have this, uh, iron chariots and they're strong, right? Right, those that are in uh, both the the ones that live in Beit Shan and its cities, and those that live in the the Jezreel Valley, there's they're strong. It takes a lot of work. <clears throat> we don't want to fight them. So then Yoshua said back to them, and it's ironic after all of these battles that they're winning and and conquering and so on. Now they're complaining that they have to face a battle. So Yoshua said to the people of Joseph, to those that were members of Ephraim and Menashe, because apparently, um, because remember they were mixed and the clans were very close together, even some portions within the other portions like we just read. So he said, I'm Ravata. You have a lot of you. There's a lot of you. You're strong. You're not just going to have this one portion. Right? Right, you're gonna you have the mountain Kiaru, which is a forest of Vereso, and you're gonna clear the forest. And when and you will have it and its and its outskirts, in other words, you will clear the entire mountainous area, and then you will be able to um and you will also be able to dispossess the Canaanites, Barzolo, right, uh, even though they have um they have uh, iron chariots, kichazaku, even though they are strong. Because there's a lot of you. In other words, don't worry so much. There's a lot of you. You can clear the land. You can conquer the area. What I, which, the, uh, the, the interesting approach here of Yoshua is basically to say, um, you can use what you claim to be your weakness as a strength. Stop complaining and go do like we've been, you know, like like you're supposed to clear the land. Get, you know, no, no, no one said it's all going to be easy. Some things you got to work, and in and the fact that there's enemies, so there's enemies. There's been enemies the whole time. We've dealt with them until now, and you'll continue to deal with them from here on in. Um, <clears throat> we um, uh, see here, um, possibly some of the beginnings, the rumblings of the. Difficulties between Menashe and Ephraim, uh, which were the the leaders of the, which is the main uh, a tribe of the northern tribes, and and Yehuda, um, the southern tribes, and and Binyamin, um, are, are to the south. This is a, the first incident. There's no violence here or anything, but there's just complaining between the the representatives of Ephraim and the representatives of Yehuda, and this is a, a theme which is going to. Uh, course through uh, uh, the entire history of the first temple period, um, you know, and the time preceding it, it's uh, laying the foundations for this, uh, what will eventually become a split. Thank you so much for studying chapter 17. Looking forward to studying chapter 18 and of course the rest of this wonderful book of Joshua together.